Welcome. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. Before we get started, we actually have to thank Mr. Sadler for suggesting the idea of this episode. You came to us with an idea. So would you like to explain what you wanted to share through the podcast? Yeah, so basically um, I'm running the London Marathon this year uh, for cystic fibrosis. This is kind of why Sophie will probably go more into that. And I just kind of, A, wanted probably a bit of exposure probably more than anything. Um, not through myself, but more kind of more towards, I call it an illness or it obviously sounds horrible, but kind of how can we make more people aware of that? It, it runs massively in my family. So that's kind of why I'm running for this cause. Um, I've had, a, unfortunately lost a couple of, like two uncles and I've got, I had an uncle that's had a double lung transplant about six years ago now. So rather than kind of, obviously it's all about raising money for charity. So rather than just kind of having, right, non-uniform day, everyone brings in a pound, mm-hmm. easy way of raising money, why or how could we do something different? And obviously we've got fantastic state-of-the-art facility here, obviously fantastic student right next to me. Uh, so kind of, yeah, raise awareness and what yeah. better way to do it? Yeah, so just spread the idea of what you're doing. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, exposure, really good. Before we really get stuck in, we wanted to talk about what resilience means to us. So by dictionary definition... Resilience is the ability to cope mentally and emotionally with a crisis or return to a pre-crisis status quickly. Resilience to me, I think that definition makes sense, but I don't think there's necessarily like a crisis point. Like you don't really need to reach meltdown yeah. <laughs> before you have to recover. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's just the ability to be able to keep calm. Mm. It can be really hard sometimes when you're in, if you've been in, a patch where it's been bad and then you have to go back into it you can sort of get not flashbacks as such but you can go back into that oh my goodness what am I going to do but just keeping calm and trying to battle through it like one step at a time is really important I think people would look at crisis as the word crisis is quite a scary thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) I remember when I was in boarding I used to have some of the boys knock on my door at nine ten o'clock in the evening and say oh so I've just split up with my girlfriend and that doesn't sound like a crisis, but to them, that could probably be the worst thing that's happened to them for the day. Mm. Or, so I'm really struggling on, I've got five pieces of prep that I haven't done. But you wouldn't necessarily look at that as a crisis, but to them, it would be. Every crisis is different to certain mm. people exactly. and certain levels of crises as well. Exactly. So cystic fibrosis is a genetic condition. It's only hereditary, can't be passed on. It's It affects everyone differently. Every person who's got it will have different symptoms there's more there's common symptoms such as coughing and becoming susceptible to chest infections but it can range you can have so many different sort of add-ons as such as i'd say like i've got pancreatic sufficiency but other people can have problems with their liver um, pancreas you can have problems with your digestive system there's so many so many different problems you can have and i think every person's story is different i remember going, going skiing with my uncle years ago and 
the amount of medication he had to like travel with, travel with his nebulizer was scary. Like you forget how how much like people that are suffering with cystic fibrosis are, are actually have to go through. And especially obviously we're doing kind of talk about resilience within sport. Now my uncle was never the sportiest of persons, so I think the only time I kind of really saw him really exert himself was skiing. But come to the evening when everyone's kind of relaxing, having drinks and sitting around the table, he would be in the bedroom with his nebulizer on kind of coughing up everything and anything. And I think that's kind of where I take my hat off to someone like Sophie, who plays in all sports and wants to be in the A-team of everything. Probably where like the school itself or probably even your friendship circle don't see probably where you then go off by yourself or I can't come training today it's not because I'm lazy and I'm tired it's because I actually physically can't do it and that's kind of what having kind of like doing this podcast and talking about what resilience is is like she is it yeah I mean there's definitely been more than one occasion where I've been in the boarding house with Sophie and she's like I'm supposed to be going to hockey training in 10 minutes I was like Sophie you're sounding like you're about to cough up a lung. Maybe hockey training isn't the best and is more the action of trying to hold her back so she looks after herself because she just wants to play the whole time. Yeah, I think I've definitely learned as I've got older, I need to... It's all sort of a learning curve because I've never spoken to anyone with cystic fibrosis because you can't because you have to stay a certain sort of limit apart. And I don't actually know anyone with it other than my little brother. And my little brother is sort of asymptomatic, so he doesn't really get infections. He's never had an infection. So it's really, it's sort of learning myself and doing it all by myself is really hard. I've had no guidance. I can't be like, oh, you've been through this. What can you do? Like, it's all myself. And I've always loved sport ever since I was little. And it is, for me, sport is physio. It's mm, yeah, my, me definitely. exerting my lungs. You know, if I feel poorly, I still want to play sport because it mm. will move the mucus on my chest. I'll cough up. <laughs> Love, lovely stuff. Um, but it's, it, it, it is hard sometimes watch, like, having, if I'm really poorly in the past couple of months I have been and having to sit back and watch all yeah, my friends do it or like people are like, oh, I don't really want to go to training today. And I'm like, I wish I, I want yeah. to be there. I want mm. to be on that pitch. Like, I would do anything right now to feel 100% to run around, Mm. but I just physically can't. And people don't often see, like, the other side of it. Like, I'll go to training and then I'll go home and do my nebulizer, and that in itself takes 20, 30 minutes out of my evening to sit there and just feel really horrible. And afterwards, you feel horrible as well. Yeah. And then you go to bed and you wake up and you do it again. So it's sort of just this cycle, but people don't often see the other side of it. You could go the other way but you just you're so grateful for like every chance you have to yeah I think you should with sport there's so, there's so many opportunities at Colford mm-hmm. you've got the world is your oyster here you've got golf you've got cricket hockey netball football rugby you've got everything so to take the opportunity when you get it just go for it yeah. like even if I sometimes I can't be there I'll still sit and watch on the right. sideline or try and play as much as I can <laughs> no honestly you're amazing so like you have you'll have a chest infection then you'll come back you'll have like one or two days where you're like where you're getting over it and then you're like I'm going to play hockey I'm like yes get getting back to it like it's brilliant whenever someone's like if I haven't been playing for a while and then I come back I just my whole body is like shaking because I'm so excited <laughs> to just run around <gasps> and spring a spaniel yeah ready. just want to like go 
but it's yeah. definitely having to limit myself sometimes is really hard mm. but learning when your limit is that's, that's what I've had to learn recently is when to stop I think a lot of people even if people might not say it you're an inspiration <laughs> like not joking at all I think a lot of people look up to you and obviously sport alone it's hard or even if you don't play sport just living a life it's not easy but you just get on with it yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I think, see that level of resilience in that one person is amazing I think because I've always had it I've never really known any different so <laughs> when people were like oh really you have to do that I'm like yeah it's everyday life for me it's I live with it I can't control it and you just have to learn to adapt to it Mr Sadler as a coach why do you think resilience is so vital when playing sport it's very rare in sport that you don't have full control of something. Mm-hmm. Um, even like in individual sports, it might be the conditions outside being windy and they're things that you physically can't control. And also on like a team-like environment where, if say for instance in rugby, uh, kind of going back towards my background is, you could physically have the best game of your life, but the other 14 on the pitch may have the worst game of their mm-hmm. life but you can't control how other people around you are also playing. And I suppose, Sophie, you play a lot more team sports than obviously it was a long time ago since I played. But I think being resilient and dynamic, kind of all what the kind of what Colford is in terms of like our motto, if you have those attributes, it's going to get you so far in life and not just in sport, Mm -hmm. more kind of Colford's a stepping stone for you guys to go on to bigger and better things I think if we can kind of drill those kind of attributes into every single student that we have at the school, honestly, you're set for life. Yeah, you can apply all of the four sort of words we stand for at Colford. You can apply to academics, you can apply to sport, sort of, you can apply it to anything. And if you can learn it in one aspect of your life, then you can apply it into all of the others. Exactly. Do you think, like, there's any way to teach resilience? It's probably a very tricky one, to be fair. (laughs) Um, I think you can put kind of students in certain situations and kind of see how they deal with it um i'm very much a big believer of a a player-led session rather than a coach-led session in a way i kind of i work for you guys not you don't work for me so i'd be the coach where you're the players you're the ones on the pitch doing anything i think you can teach it but it does take a real tough cookie Mm. to accept it look in terms of i'll put you in situations that you're not going to like but that is building resilience you are not going to like the situation that's in front of you you have got to find a way. I know the answer mm-hmm. of how to find the way, but it's up to the student, yeah. whoever it is in front of you, to be able to adapt to that. And it's knowing really as well that you're in a hard spot, like you're not in something that's supposed to be easy. And a lot of the times you're not alone. No. And I think kind of, I know Sophie says, like kind of going back to it, Sophie hasn't met someone that has it, or obviously her brother but like in anything, there's always staff. And I suppose like I, I always known Sophie to have this, but Sophie probably didn't know anything about my side and my family dealing with it. And it wasn't until that, right, I'm running the London Marathon for cystic fibrosis that Sophie, we've probably, it sounds terrible. I've been now working at this school for nearly nine years. And if we didn't have that conversation in the car park about it, you probably would have finished Colford and I wouldn't have ever spoken to you. No, I had absolutely no idea. And I think it's really sort of, it's been so nice to have someone to talk to who's like has some so and you know about it and it's a lot of people I meet have never even heard of it and having to explain is quite mm. it can be quite challenging especially because a lot of people don't understand or it 
it's very different for other people. So people can have met people before and been like, well, they had this and you've got this. And like, it's very, it's really hard to explain. But just to have someone, even as just a teacher, to be able to sort of relate to in a way, it's been, it's been really helpful. And always someone I can come and talk to if I've got any queries or if I'm like, oh, have you seen this in the news? I just talk to Miss yeah, Sandra. Yeah. And then I get straight on the phone, speak to my uncle and say, oh, <laughs> one of my students has mentioned this. What's your, what's your thoughts on it? Someone that's kind of, been through it as uh, and kind of had his operations and honestly he's thriving he's like climbing mountains um like he's a completely different person um and if i can kind of share that sort of side to it to someone like sophie then i suppose if anything it's just going to put a smile on her face and kind of a teacher or a friendship group can kind of put a smile back on their face yeah. i think that kind of also builds resilience as well the resilience is also about the people you surround yourself with i've learned it's a massive massive part if you do not surround yourself with people who want your best interest and who are going to help you or support you or just want to see you thrive then you will not just build that resilience up it's so important you need people like that people that add to your life and people that don't take away yeah definitely sophie how have your coaches and Colford in general how have they supported your recovery academic perspective my form tutor mr mcmillan has been a massive part of that He's my head of one of my A-levels, so it's very helpful to have someone so close to knowing what I'm also doing. Um, And that's been a massive part because missing school, sort of just for even hospital appointments, doctor's appointments, if I'm not feeling great, physio, it can be anything. It's having someone that I can always email and say, oh, sir, please can you help me? I'm stuck in this or I don't know who to talk to about this. It's having that sort of the tutor is my main go-to and having someone who's so efficient he's always on it he'll help me no matter what the problem is I think that's such a big part of why I've managed to sort of not completely drown with A-levels especially having three and a bit weeks off last term was really tough but in terms of sport I cannot thank the coaches enough at Colford hockey coaches there was one tournament last term and it was in my sort of session of being ill just started and I felt awful and I looked awful and one of the coaches said to me he was like I know you're going to try and push yourself through this and you're going to say you're fine and I know you're not fine and I'm going to take you off just because I know that if you go on that pitch you are going to make yourself worse Mm -hmm. I think the coaches knowing me and being able to Mm -hmm. sort of tell when I'm trying to push myself through it they'll look after me and no matter what if it's at home the gym coaches will send me bits for gym I've got it all on my app so if I want to do a bit of just sort of stretching or do some of my exercises and I can do gym at home I've got a hockey mat which one of when lockdown we got hockey mat so if I want to play around with hockey stick and ball at home I can do that (laughs) I've got a netball post in the garden (laughs) hit a ball at the wall if I'm really bored (laughs) but the coaches give you so much here they're always here you they're always on the end of an email if you want to talk to them the netball coaches are so adaptive they've always said to me if I want to come to training and I don't want to train I can always just sit on the side they don't just because you've got a disability they don't not include you and I think that's really important so you're not feeling isolated in a way quite nice to just know that it's always there so as you said when you're on the pitch you're like you know they're looking out for you oh yeah and I know all the time that they will be able to tell if I'm feeling ill or not, so there's no point in me trying to hide it now. <laughs> there we go. They know me now. They know that I'm going to try and push through it, even 
like just because I want to be there but sometimes their duty of care is probably more important than me trying to battle through the end of a friendly match even though I want to be on the pitch (laughs) I do play a bit of netball but not at your level I I don't play hockey I don't play cricket but talking to friends they like they feel your absence on the pitch on the field I have had no idea about that so that's really nice Mm, to hear no yeah absolutely you always bring the energy regardless that's because I'm always excited to play sport I'm I'm like a puppy with a bone when I'm running around yeah I've always been in the teams I've always wanted to play sport and you build such strong friendships like I've got friends in lower three and upper three the people I see I've got friends in older years sport brings so many people together from so many different backgrounds and even you're not just sort of segregated to oh this is the hockey team or like sports scholarship days you meet amazing tennis players here we've got uh, Mm. netballers in the Mavericks Academy you've got just such a wide range of people and everyone's different and you get to hear those stories and Sport just brings everyone together. And then you like the community that it creates, yeah. Yeah, and here you've got such a strong community, like every sports player knows each other. If you're yeah. in a team, <laughs> you know the cricket people, you know the netball people, you know the tennis people. We all know each other. I think that's really important because if you're injured or if you're struggling with something, there's always someone there who can you can talk to and they'll be like, Oh, I had a leg injury the other week and I or the other month and I tried this or I spoke to this teacher and he really helped me with this. I think it just, it helps, everyone helps each other, which is really important. From a coaching background as well, so obviously you, A, you have the younger students that kind of, uh, if they're good enough, they could play up. Because I always feel that you should pick your best team, not pick your team just by year groups. So you have an under-15 team. Mm. There will be a time, obviously, with the rugby, you have to do that uh, from a safety point of view. But every single kind of coach um, that we have at Colford has either played international level themselves or uh, to a high level. So I think the fact that we've got such a kind of diverse background of great quality coaches, I think that just rubs off anywhere because when we sit down in our PE meetings and our sports meetings, everyone in the room is kind of pushing for the same thing. They want to grow their sport to be the best it physically can be. But everyone's trying to push their sport, so everyone wants the best from it. So they always want the best students to kind of play mm-hmm. for them. Um, so having like someone like Sophie, of course they're going to want to, oh, we're going to have you in the netball team, have you in the hockey team, have you in the cricket team when it comes to summer. But in terms of, I think, A, the coaches push it massively because uh, we're all on the same wavelength. I think the students in front of us, because they want to be there and they want to get better. And I think actually the parents, I think the parents have chose Colford for a reason, whether it be down to an academic route or a sporting route, is you have really supportive parents. And I think that's also a massive driving factor. On that note as well, I guess that for you, Sophie, you're in demand. And I can imagine that makes it even harder to say no. Yes, I because you're not, they don't stop wanting you. <laughs> I've displayed with a lot of opportunities here from playing hockey first team, netball first team and this year cricket first team. It's I've got so many opportunities and it is hard to decide and sometimes I have to st- step back a bit from one sport to focus on another or that this season's obviously this time is netball season so I've kind of put hockey on the back burner for a little while to focus on my netball and then I've got cricket coming up which is my favourite season <laughs> so I'm very excited about that one. It's just talking to the coaches. They all, if you want to be there, they all make sure you're there. If you want to play, no matter what level you are, I think that's a really big thing. We've had a couple German girls this year in the hockey season, never played hockey in their lives, come onto the pitch, and the coaches have got them so excited. Mm -hmm. And and they just, and now they're like, oh, I want to play for Berry Hockey Club on a Saturday. And I'm like, four months ago, you've never stepped foot on a pitch. So having a coach is that sort of, 
push you is a massive influence as well. It's just keeping people around you who will keep you smiling. And obviously, you two as well and my friendship <laughs> group. Having people around you who will look after you and they can see you're down, they'll do something to cheer you up. Messaging me every day when I'm ill, making <laughs> sure I'm all right. It's just really, really nice. Yeah. Just to know that you're not alone and that people do see that you're struggling and want to help you. You're definitely not alone. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, I think everything that we've talked about today just really highlights how we as a school try and incorporate resilience into everything that we do through our sport and academics and finding that balance. Thank you guys for sharing that with us today. Yeah, thank you for great. having us. We really thank appreciate you. it. Absolutely loved it, guys. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you so much for... I mean, obviously I'm friends with you, Sophie, but I don't didn't think I knew that much about statistic by risk. I think yeah. it's really great for people to have that awareness and to have heard about it. Mr Sadler, for everyone that's listening, when is the London Marathon? It is the Sunday, the 21st of April. So it's coming up quick, so I suppose I should better start my training, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to On The Air. We'd love you to comment, like and share our podcast series. And if you'd like to get in touch, please visit our website, colford.co.uk, or drop us a message on socials. This podcast is made for entertainment purposes only and is copyright of Colford School. Views and opinions are our own and deemed correct at the time of publishing. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes.